You're listening to a DM podcast. For all, for all your efforts and your research team's efforts as well for for all they've done at this research base, I bow to you in respect. Oh, thank you so much. One animal lover to another. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Mr. A+. We will be exploring a subject I never thought I would ever discuss, which is marine biology. And joining us today is a marine biologist, and she is going to help us explore the incredible world under the sea. And who knows, we might be taught some interesting new facts. Fingers crossed. So, without further ado, let's all give a warm welcome for the one and only... Megan Winton. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on this podcast. It means a lot. Oh, of course. Anytime. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and, and to talk with you. Um, I have Thank quite you. a bit of time on my hands right now because it's winter. So it's the off season uh, for me as a as a shark scientist here on Cape Cod. Um, so it's a uh, it's a good time of the year for this. I'm jealous that it's summer for you right now. It must be nice to be warm. Yeah, it does feel nice, but the thing is, I personally can't stand the heat. Oh, you want to trade? <laughs> we could do a house trade. <laughs> I don't have U.S. citizenship. Okay. Well, it was pretty cold here this weekend. Uh, with the wind chill, it was negative 30 Fahrenheit. So um, I'd happily trade places right now. Well, here in Australia, we don't use Fahrenheit. We use Celsius. We use that in science a lot of times, too. Before we get into that, I need to ask, how are you doing and and your family? Great. And I, my family's all in good health and doing wonderful as well. So we all got together for the holidays. Um, happy to report that, that everybody's doing great. They're all really excited to hear that I'm talking with you today. We're all big fans. So how, how are you doing? Are you doing well? And how's your family? Yes, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. Just getting through life as it happens, like everybody else does. And my family is also going quite well. And I assume that Cape Cod is in Massachusetts. It is Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Have you ever been to the States? Sadly, no. <laughs> well, you're young yet. You have plenty of time to visit. You've got to come over and, and uh, you'll hear a little bit about the shark research and the work we're doing here today. I'm sure it's going to make you want to come visit. Well, I do have some questions I would love to ask you. What do you enjoy the most about b marine biology? So I grew up um, in Florida, which happens to be the shark bite capital of the world. Um, that's where my, my grandparents lived. Um, and I visited the beach often when I was a kid there. Um, just loved the water, loved being in the ocean. But I honestly grew up being a little bit afraid of sharks. And I remember one time going to the beach with my sisters. We were swimming. Um, there was a guy fishing up the beach and he caught a shark. And I remember just running out of the water being like, oh my gosh, we were just swimming with a shark. Like how did nothing happen? But that really piqued my curiosity. So I started reading lots of books about sharks 
And my fear really turned to fascination. And I kind of realized these animals had gotten a really bad rap. And from that moment on, I was just really into sharks and learning as much as I could about them. I learned how to scuba dive. And honestly, one thing I really love about being a marine biologist is you're just constantly realizing how much we don't know about these animals and the way they live their lives. The ocean is so mysterious. I wake up every day just excited to find out more. I'm gushing right now, right? Um, I feel really lucky to do what I do. Um, And the more I learn about the marine world and the life in it, the more I want to do what I can to to conserve it um, and make sure that all of these wonderful resources are there for our children and our grandchildren and, and everybody to enjoy. Because the world's changed a lot, even since I've been in it. Yes, of course. I've also noticed that since 1970, a lot of um, shark populations have been reducing due to overfishing. What kind of thing things do you teach people at your research base? So we do a lot of, of outreach work as well, because one thing you just mentioned is something that is really important for people to know. So worldwide, a lot of shark populations have undergone pretty dramatic declines in response to fishing pressure. But there are some really hopeful, optimistic stories out there where once management has been put into place in some regions of the world for some species, we're actually starting to see shark populations come back in some areas. And so that's what we're seeing here on Cape Cod. So Great white sharks, which I'll call white sharks for much of this conversation, but they're the same species. A lot of times that that kind of throws people off. But so white sharks in our region of the world, our neck of the woods, the Northwest Atlantic, their populations declined by as much as 80% when fishing for sharks really ramped up in the 1970s and the 1980s. Yeesh. So they weren't doing well um, for a long time. And I don't know how much you know about white sharks, but do you know what what they they like to eat? Well, they do like to eat a lot of other marine creatures like um, crustaceans and smaller fish. They're basically apex predators. Yes, they are definitely apex predators. So they're right at the top of the food chain. And so what we do at the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy is is all about trying to educate the public and beachgoers, letting them know that white sharks are here and also conducting different types of research to figure out ways that we can learn to coexist. Because we're in the middle of a conservation success story. We're really lucky here. In a lot of other areas of the world, shark and fish populations aren't doing that well. After protections, they seem to be coming back here. So we're really lucky in a way, but it's a big change for a lot of people who have lived all of their lives here. So we we work really hard to let people know, to educate them about the presence of sharks here, how they can avoid having a bad interaction with a shark. Yes, for conservation. Um, What is your um, research base um, named? So I am a scientist at the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. Um, We're a really small nonprofit that's based on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. For all all your efforts and your research team's efforts as well for, for all they've done at this research base, 
I bow to you in respect. Oh, thank you so much. One animal lover to another. It's always great to meet another animal lover. How do you feel about sharks? They're really fascinating creatures in my eyes, but but people should not be near them. They have to stay away, keep their distance from them for their safety and because sharks are easily provoked. If I could do one thing for shark conservation, it would be to bring everybody out to see what a great white shark looks like in their natural environment. They're very impressive, powerful predators. Like you said, they are very deserving of our Mm -hmm. respect and they certainly demand it. But I've seen sharks get scared (laughs) by seals and diving seabirds. We've deployed a lot. We use a lot of different types of technology to kind of spy on these animals. My favorite tool that we're using at the moment is we have tags that actually have cameras in them. So you can essentially ride on the back of a shark for hours and see exactly what it's doing. And using that technology, we've seen sharks do things that no one's seen before. So we've seen great white sharks rest on the bottom after they had a big meal. Kind of like the way, I guess, do you know about uh, Thanksgiving? Oh, yes, I certainly know about Thanksgiving. It's really focused on a giant feast that you make and have with your family. And everybody is usually kind of uncomfortably full by the end of the meal. That's kind of like what we caught on camera for this shark. She had just eaten a seal. We could tell because she's had, this might be a little gory. You might want to edit this out. But she had some seal intestine hanging out of her her gills. And then she just headed offshore and kind of lollygagged in the current, just kind of resting. She was kind of in in a food coma almost. So we've seen, we've seen sharks resting on the bottom. Nobody knew that great white sharks did that. We've caught sharks on camera. This might sound a little crass, but um, we think pooping, which is something scientists don't see a lot. Um, we've seen sharks checking out rocks. They spend a lot of their time doing very not scary things. Um, which surprises people a lot of times because what you see on TV is always very exciting, right? But they're really not the monsters that they're often um, portrayed to be. Portrayed to be. Exactly. A lot of interesting facts that a lot of us probably didn't know about. (laughs) It might be more more facts than you asked for. (laughs) Well, I do know this. Um, The whale shark is actually the the largest species of fish in the world. They're about the size of a city bus. Yes, they are absolutely incredible animals. And I've never actually seen one in the wild. They are on my list for sure. I also happen to know that the top three species of shark that are the most dangerous to humans are the great white shark, the bull shark, and the tiger shark. Yes. And the, but there are some other species of sharks that that are more docile, like the gray, the gray nurse shark, the Port Jackson shark, which is found in the waters of Port Jackson off Sydney in, here in Australia. And then there's also the blue shark, which is a medium-sized shark. 
they produce up to five to 105 pups. There's an amazing variety of shark species out there. And there's also hammerhead sharks. Those are some of my favorites. They are? Oh, yeah. They're just so cool. I mean, the way they look alone, they're so sleek and streamlined. But the way they hunt for their prey, the way they use their hammerheads, it helps them hunt for stingrays and other prey items in the sand. They kind of use it kind of like a metal detector to detect things that hide in the sand. Um, so they're able to find them. I guess, how many species of shark of sharks do you think there are? How many species have been discovered so far? I'm actually not really too sure because I don't really study marine biology that much because my um, interests are more, are more focused on animals on land. <laughs> That's, that is totally fair. Which is kind of ironic because I happen to love the water as well because my star sign is Pisces. Oh, nice. I wish that was my star sign. It seems more more fitting for me as a marine biologist. I'm a Virgo. Oh. <laughs> That's not really important. <laughs> no, it's not. I, but I like that we went on this sidetrack. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I wish I was a Pisces. So there are um, there's over 500 species of sharks out there that scientists oh. know of. And also, I couldn't help but notice that behind you, there's a wall hanging of a shark. Um, what species is that one? So that species is a, a sand tiger shark. Um, so it's a it's a ceramic. I'm trying to think of how to describe it so the, the listeners will, will have it in their mind. But it's ceramic shark art. It's a sand tiger shark, which I believe in Australia you call tawny nurse sharks, or you call gray nurse sharks. Um, my next question is, what are you trying to learn about the white shark? Oh, that is such a great question. But there is still so much we don't know about it. A lot of people, it kind of blows their mind when they find out that we don't know where great white sharks give birth. And there are tons of questions left to answer. These animals, they're, they're still so mysterious for as much kind of spaces they take up in the public imagination. There's still so many things we don't know about them. One thing I can tell you is it's incredibly tough to study animals that live in the ocean. We can't just follow them around, um, which I'm so excited to be a scientist right now. The fact that we have tags that have cameras in them that let us not only collect data on what an animal is doing, in three dimensions, but also to, to see what it's doing is so powerful and transformative. And it's really helped us as scientists understand the way these animals navigate their, their world. Hmm. How many teeth do white sharks have? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. And you know what? I don't know it off the top of my head, but um, they, like other shark species, have that conveyor belt system. They constantly are, are producing new teeth because they break teeth when they're going after prey species. Um, and so they have teeth in the waiting at all times. And it's just this conveyor belt of teeth that replace <sighs> other teeth. So where I grew up in Florida, there were a couple of beaches that were well-known shark teeth hotspots. And so we would go and we would comb the beaches and find 
shark's teeth of a bunch of different species. I've never found a white shark tooth, even off the coast of Cape Cod. I'm always looking when I take my dog to the beach. Haven't found one yet. I had no idea that sharks had the ability to generate new teeth. Yeah, they've always got they've always got some waiting in the wings just in case they need to replace them. It's very cool. Wow. Just goes to show you that these animals have far more advanced abilities than humans do. <laughs> I do I do say that a lot. I'm very much in awe of these animals. The things that they are um yeah. capable of, they're so impressive. I admire the the life of an animal a lot. It's because they have simpler lives. It's so true. They've got very simple needs. They have to figure out how to eat. They got to figure out how to not be eaten. And every day they wake up with a very clear mission. Basically, they only have one task in life to is to just survive. <laughs> it's true. And it's tough out there. But also at the same time, animals don't eat processed junk like humans do. <laughs> That is that is very true. I try not to eat too much processed junk myself, but every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite snack food? Your favorite processed junk snack food? Yowies. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, brother. <laughs> Are you familiar with Yowie chocolates? No, but now I want to be. I love chocolate. So you've never seen one at all? I don't think. No, I don't think so. I'm about to show you right now. In fact, this has actually been my favorite chocolate since I was a kid. My mother used to get them for me all the time while I was growing up. This is what I'm talking about. No, we don't have those here. Oh, I'm going to have to see if I can order some online or something so I can try it. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the U.S. has those. You might want to check out Walmart. Really? I will. Chocolate and ice cream. Number one junk food choices for me always. Okay. <laughs> Now, I have a couple more questions about the white shark, if that's all right. Why, sh why sharks in particular? What is it about them that you love? Oh, let me count the ways. One of the things I have to say that I kind of love the most about the work we're doing off of Cape Cod now, we've been monitoring the population and we actually catalog individuals. Um, they all get nicknames. Yeah. We have over 500 white sharks in the catalog for Cape Cod right now. And what is really yeah. incredible about that to me is we have some sharks that come back year after year. Um, there are times when we're out on the water and we can recognize an individual white shark by eye. They've got a lot of very unique markings. It's, it's very fascinating getting to have a glimpse into yeah. the lives of these animals. It certainly is. I like to try sometime myself. But I do have to ask you, are sh sharks considered to be an intelligent species? <gasps> That's a great question. And you know what? It depends on who you ask. Some people tend to think of sharks as just these kind of swimming noses, these kind of mindless eating machines. But they're very cautious, careful predators. They learn. They're curious. You know, these sharks, yeah. they're, they're very skilled predators. They're very good at what they do. But yeah. anytime big predators and, and people overlap, there is a, a risk of a bad interaction, right? So sometimes sharks, make, <clears throat> sometimes sharks make mistakes. And so that's a big part of the work that we do is, is just 
getting awareness out there and letting people know how they can behave in the mm-hmm. water to, to less likely um, have a bad yeah. interaction with a shark. Yes, of course. I also noticed that as human beings, we also often tend to underestimate the intelligence of sharks and the fact that they have, that they have minds as well. Every animal species does. It's very true. And they're all intelligent in their own ways, right? Yeah. And um, I also need to, would like to ask, isn't it true that sharks have to always keep moving? That's a great question, which I feel like I've said to every question you've asked because they've all been are really they, great questions. Are they, are they ever still? It depends. It depends on the species. So all sharks have to keep pumping water over their gills in some way in order to be able to breathe. Some species um, can sit on the bottom, like nurse sharks, but other shark species, like great white sharks, have to keep moving to pump water over their gills. Or so we thought until we started using these camera tags, and then we actually saw a shark sitting on the bottom mm-hmm. after eating a big meal. She was very smart about it. Her nickname is Ninja. Um, so they all have, all the sharks that we've identified off of Cape Cod have nicknames. Um, you should, you should check out the, the, the white shark catalog that we have on our website at some point, if you want to mm-hmm. learn more about, um, the names. That would be interesting. Yeah. I also um, need to ask you, do you research anything else apart from sharks? Right now I am very focused on, on sharks and, uh, great white sharks. But in the past, I've studied other less glamorous fish species. I've studied flounder. I've studied skates, sea turtles. And I do a lot of like computer coding and things like that as well. So something that a lot of people don't always appreciate about marine biology is how you, how you answer the, the questions you collect all this data for. I never really knew what scientists... Um do outside of field work a lot of computer time (laughs) and since you're passionate about sharks um would jaws be your favorite film you know a lot of people expect me not to like jaws because it did incite a certain fear of sharks but it is a great movie um and it was filmed filmed locally it was filmed here um not on cape cod but on martha's vineyard which is an island right off of cape cod so it's it's very much a part of local lore and i mean it's it's a great film i think it's a pretty much a masterpiece great performances if there is one message you would like people to know and share about the ocean and the creatures all the marvelous creatures in it what would it be one thing for them to know, just that there's still so much left to learn. There's still so much to discover out there. Um, so keep exploring. Be curious. Yeah, of course. That's all my questions that I've wanted to ask you. I believe we're on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. Uh, to keep it on point related to sharks. Are you worried about sharks when you go into the ocean um, somewhat. Somewhat. That's a good, honest because, answer. <laughs> because honestly, dying from dying from a shark attack is not the way they want to go out. I'd rather, I'd rather go out the way Dawson Butler or Don Messick did. 
How did they go out? Dawn's father passed away from a heart attack. And Don Messick passed away from his second stroke. Oh. And they were both 71 when they died. But they led rich lives. They certainly did. Their deaths left a giant void in their field of work that nobody else could ever fill. Two legendary voice actors. Have you been doing any voice acting lately? I have, yes. How's it been but not going? Not professionally, though. I just keep, I just keep practicing, practicing them at home. Practice makes perfect. Okay, Megan. Um, have you seen Finding Nemo? Yes, great movie. Shall I do an impression of Bruce, who's a great white shark? I would love that. That would be perfect. I'll give it a try. <clears throat> Hello. Name's Bruce. So right, I understand. Why trust a shark, right? So, what a couple of bites like you doing out so late, eh? That was awesome. I wish I was good at voice impressions so I could be. I think it's the hammerhead that says fish are friends, not food. But I am not good at impressions at all. <laughs> that was awesome. And are you familiar with another marine biologist by the name of Stephen Hillenberg? No, I'm actually not. Well, he was he was a marine biologist, and he was the creator of SpongeBob. <gasps> I knew that name sounded familiar, and I couldn't place it. Ah, oh. there are hardly any sharks in that show. It's true. I've never really thought about it, but there there aren't a lot of sharks in that show. No, I le- learned quite a lot today. And I wanted to ask you. We talked a little yes. bit about the shark catalog, but would you have any interest in naming a shark? next year when we find some new ones when we're out or would you be open to us naming one after you um sure (laughs) that's fine all right we'll name a tag one after you so people can track it we have an app called sharktivity and we've got some very cool equipment off of our coastline um, that are real-time listening stations so anytime a tagged shark swims by will get a notification and the public can go and they can see which shark it was and get information on the shark. So we'd be happy to name a white shark, Mr. A plus after you, if you'd be on board with that. Um, yes, of, yes, of course, Megan, I'd be, I'd be delighted and honored to have a shark named after me. That would be amazing. Oh, good. That'll be awesome. I'm so excited. We'll send you a picture of it and everything information about it. Okay, I look forward to receiving it, and hopefully I'll learn something. Well, most likely I will, because there's always something more to learn, even for, even for someone who seems to be an expert on animals. Very true, very true. Always more to learn. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. I learned quite a lot today, and I also hope that my audience will learn something as well. So thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure and a de- on having you on. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. It's been really great talking to you. That's all right. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.